All right, you're rolling. Are we on? No. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to My Humble Opinion Podcast. I'm your girl, Chef Sharon, and I'm here with our favorite, uh, Big Drew. Happy New Year. Oh, yeah, happy New Year. Yeah. No, you said our favorite Big Drew, and I was curious, is there another Big Drew? But no, uh, You know, our favorite guest on the show, which yeah. you're not a guest, you're, you know, you're the main guy. When so. we do, yeah, when we do the show, when the show is done, I'm usually there, when it's done. Yeah, yeah. so you're not a guest. You're just my favorite co-host, Big Drew. So here's the funny thing about this show. Uh, 2020 is just as raggedy as like the schedule we've kept sometime, right? And so we're going to just blame 2020 for the reason that it's been... In it's a collective schedule. February, I think. I think we did one in March or February or something. Yeah. Literally. Yeah. And then pandemic hit, and now it's like, hey, we're going to talk about the year-end review. So that's what we got for you today. We're going to talk I about remember. all the, the different things that have taken place over 2020. So it's not all going to be negative, because most people, when they talk about uh, 2020, it's always got a negative you know, vibe with it. So yeah, yeah. We're going to talk about the 2020, you know, social justice movement. We're going to talk about COVID-19, obviously. We're going to talk yeah. a little bit about politics and race and all the things that we, we kind of saw that took place. But mainly, we're going to really take little segments and focus our attention on talking about the positive things. You know, we're going to talk about entrepreneurship. Like, uh, we're also going to talk about uh, the top movies, top shows. We're going to celebrate some of our top entertainers. And we're even going to uh, have a moment where we kind of remember some of our, our favorite entertainers who may have passed away, which is just interwoven like within just the fabric of 2020. So we're going to end up talking about like everything uh, throughout today. It's a year in review. Year in review. So hang in there with us because we got a lot of good stuff happening, but we want to kick it off first. Let me ask you, Drew, What's what that? was your favorite moment of 2020? Let's just, let's just start on that positive note. <clears throat> what was your best part? I would say my favorite part of 2020, the best part was, and was in the middle of a pandemic, and so there was some stuff around it, but I'm just going to talk about the positive part of it. Um, my daughter got a chance, my youngest daughter got a chance to graduate and walk across the stage. We got a chance to see her walk across the stage. And so we traveled uh, from, you know, from Pacific Northwest up here where we are, down to Dallas, Texas, uh, and we went into the same... Uh, I, I can't remember the name of the field, what they call it now, but it's Rangers Stadium where the baseball, uh, Rangers baseball stadium is. And we got a chance to watch her walk across the stage and they put like, you know, when you get your diploma, you walk across home stage. And so like they're on the jumbo yeah. trying and you could see it. And, and so it was a, it's an open air stadium. So we were able to, you know, it was one of the best options to bring thousands of people into one space in the middle of a pandemic. And I didn't care if I would have gotten COVID, it would have been well worth it. Just seeing one of my children graduate, that was the best moment of 2020, yeah. uh, hands down for me. What about you? Hey, well, my best moment, um, it, my best moment had been kicking and screaming. My best moment was moving back to Kansas City. Um, and I say kicking <laughs> and screaming because it wasn't originally my best moment. Mm -hmm. I went into a depressed state. And uh, was not happy about leaving Atlanta. 
and coming back home. However, what I didn't know is I came home in February, pandemic hits, we're locked down in March, and it was the best thing for me to be home with my family, with my mom and dad, and you know, um, <clears throat> my siblings that are here. Of course, you're not here, but <laughs> but right. no, coming home was my that was an epic moment for me that set the stage for the the joy that I was able to experience here um, in the year 2020. I don't know how my 2020 would have been had I um, stayed in Atlanta. Oh. Yeah, and, and I think that that's a valuable thing. Like that's the weird thing about 2020 was just the fact that there's so many things happened that it worked out for the greater good. Like yeah. anyway, like it's easy for us to focus on it, but like, yeah, think about it, man. Like what would it have been like to be in quarantine the entire time in Atlanta and, you know, and not with family, except yeah. to you. So yeah, that was a good one. That's a good one. So, all right, we're going to talk about the social justice movement of 2020, which came with a lot of different things. Um, and this is somewhat of a, it's weird because it's somewhat of a serious topic, but it's also like an ongoing, it's not unique to 2020, but something different right. happened. Because we've been used to seeing like, we've talked about this, you know, like seeing black people die on camera and or hearing the stories or seeing the body cam footage and nothing being done to officers. And this time we saw people burn cities down, yes. riot. And we also saw peaceful protesting throughout the country. What's your take on what you saw in this year's uh, some people deem it the, the year of the Black Lives Matter movement. What would you say? I think that Black Lives Matter, um, I, I think that's kind of, that's accurate because even though it was created before, I think it took on a different, I, I think it took on the real meaning it should have took on because, and the reason why I say that is because it was no longer us fighting for us and just a handful of them and the others, you know, but it was everybody, it was the world. It was the world saying enough is enough. And um, it was a lot of outrage. And <clears throat> when I look at, excuse me, when I look at the uh, footage and I see the people that are burning things down, they were not brown people, a lot of them, <laughs> a lot of them. Now, I will say that some of that could have been other people just taking advantage of the looting <laughs> or uh, things like that. However, I mean, I don't want to place judgment because I really don't know what individuals' motives were. I do know that there was more participation from the world, not just from um, not just from um, America, but around the world people were outraged at the way America was treating their black people. And I also noticed that the younger generation gave a totally new voice. We are not our ancestors. Yeah, you know, when I think about, when I think about, they call them generation Y, but I I, yeah, I still say that, but it's just like, I kind of look at them as like generation, like WHY, like, cause they like, why? Like, why should I be still? Why should I have to, you know, like they, they gonna burn, if you ain't gonna do right, we gonna burn it down. And they're not going to be complicit with their own oppression. And their youth is one of the things that I would say, like for me as a, you know, being like at the beginning of the millennial generation. Um, so on the older end of millennials, 
I, I'm one who's just like, we need to move out their way because I, and that's the thing that we have to make clear. It wasn't necessarily because a lot of people love to throw the word millennial out there, but we're older now. Like we're not like the kids doing stuff. We're just now like kind of getting in positions of power. And so a lot of people who are my age and older, so like your age being like Generation X and the boomers, they got something to lose. This generation doesn't have anything to lose. So they have no reason to, to continue to be complicit with a system of oppression. And so that's the dopest thing that I felt like, and I preached it in my mess. Like I said it a lot to people, like we need to move out the way for them and let them have it because I'm not like, you know, like there was some things like, so being real, like we know there was some things we saw that was like loads of bricks just being delivered down by the plaza, stuff like yeah. that. Like it was something afoot, like a lot of, it, I live here in Portland. They rioted or they not rioted, but they protested for a hundred days straight, you know, plus like it, it went beyond 100 days. They continued throughout the summer. They kept going and literally it didn't matter about the pandemic, whatever. And it was hardly, you know, and percentage wise, cause it's Portland. It was nothing but mainly white people down here doing Excuse it. Me, I don't, I'm sorry. I don't know what, <coughs> there's a tickle in my throat all of a sudden. What? <laughs> I was thinking I need to go get some water, but I think I'm okay. <clears throat> I'm not cutting this out. So <laughs> don't cut it out. I, I don't know why out of nowhere it's like, yeah, you're recording this start making you choke. <laughs> okay. Yeah, no, I think that that's that's the thing. Like, so for me, I had to ask myself that question. Like, you know, like I know I'm too old to be out there trying to get a TV, or, you know, but like. I also had to weigh in, like, do I need to be out there protesting? And I had to start asking myself some serious questions. It did push against me because it was just like, dude, like, what, what, what part are you going to play? Like, what are you going to do? You can't just sit on the sideline and do nothing. Right. So I found myself challenged. I also knew, though, also, I didn't really want to go and protest in the middle of a pandemic also. Yes. So hard part. A lot of no. us look to social media with, like, a lesser protest but we voiced our hurt our opinions and our pain through social media that's what yeah, I, I throughout the years I, I could say that I've never gone out and walked the streets protesting that's due to health situations literally um I wouldn't mind doing it if I felt like I'd be okay if I did it um but at the same time I also I'm not sure how effective marching down the street with signs saying no justice, no peace. You know, they, they protested with Breonna Taylor. They were protested in the, the verdict still came back the way it did. We protested, you know, um, George Floyd. It, it just doesn't, it, you know, so it's like, how do we infiltrate this you know get into the structure the and and change things from within or how does that work for us that that's the question the younger people because they don't know how to get in there they know how to show out <laughs> yeah so whereas we've been peaceful protests peaceful protests and it's been not effective they're like okay we'll hit them where it hurts 
We're going to cause them to lose some money. We're going to cause those people who are on the inside, who have some say, to, to voice something to, you know what I'm saying, to keep this from happening to them. So, um, you know, damaging property, you know, the looting and the rioting and <clears throat> all of that, it probably caused some business owners in some wealthy places to say, hey, give them what they want. Yeah. I mean, I'm not sure, but this was the younger people's approach, which I feel has been more effective. Yeah. Well, I think it comes a time and a season where everything has to evolve. Like, and we got, we've gotten to a place where it was like, yo, we got to do, we got to do better. Just period point blank. We got to do better about, you know, how we're going to go about making change. And I think, and, and it's not to throw shade at any, I think, but it, the bubble over was also years of having like presidents and other people say, yes, we can, and change is coming and it didn't come. But yeah watching a man for eight minutes and 46 seconds, you know, lose his life, that trauma was placed yeah. on more than just black people. And I think yeah. that's the thing where people's like, something has to change. And so the truth of the matter is the only people, and this may sound odd, and I think people might, might argue with us a little bit or argue with me on this a little bit, but I've always felt like change isn't gonna come from just us being mad. And I hate that it had to be George Floyd's life but that's the truth of the matter is that we did people didn't get mad until it got to the point where they had to experience our trauma and then it was like oh and yeah. so well, it's, the, like, it's the same thing that happened with bloody sunday and on selma when 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 all those people it was the it was the other people who were outraged because they had to at, see. At, at how how graphic and how horrific the death was all because people wanted to vote yeah they were walking to vote and they had to be murdered like that. And it took that horrific um, situation to cause change for us to be able to vote. Yeah. Because they were outraged at what they had done. They had to see themselves. Yeah. So I think this this 2020 has been like a, a heck of a, a year for social justice movements and and yeah. and we figured unique ways to protest. It wasn't all because like I participated with the Mod Arbery protest where I went out and, you know, did the jog in a white shirt, you know, like like the same way he was dressed and just did the same, you know, like because he wasn't killed by a cop. Like it was a unique, it was right. a thing of, you know, like this, the way Breonna Taylor was killed in her home and how she was an individual who was a first responder serving the public right. and was killed just, you know, with impunity. Like it was just nothing. And that was just swept under the rug and we're starting to see people just now being fired but still no no charges they yeah. and so like we see so people found unique ways to express it i think this was the year for me i watched a lot of white people who had black lives matters uh black lives matter posters in their yard have to put their money where their mouth is just a step closer they became yeah. a step closer to being uh an actual ally and then they were introduced to the fact that now we need more than we've always needed more than an ally we actually need an accomplice and so stuff may get done in 2021 and hopefully it, it won't have to be at the hands of more black people dying hopefully not so yeah so here's, yeah. A, here's a best of just to switch it up to get to something okay. so best shows you binged in 2020 
Now, okay. here's, here's kind of the rules of this. The show did okay. not have to come out in 2020. Okay, cool. did not have to be something that was specifically you binged in that literal sense, but it's something that you, you know, like, for, for example, if the show came out and you watched it week by week and then you went back and maybe watched it again or something like that. So it's a binging show. We know what a binge show oh, is. Yes, so yes, yes. Whole series of shows. So we don't have to be a top five because if we made it a top five, I would probably kill you at that list. But, you know, I'll let yes. you lead off with your little list. Okay. Go on with so your little list. <laughs> Okay, my little list. Uh, first on the okay, we're going number five to one or one to five. I, you know what, you can have honorable mentions. I don't care. You can just name what you want to name. It can be an honorable mention. Girlfriends. Netflix had the nerves to put girlfriends and uh, ooh, half and half and and uh, one on one. But I binge. I've been binging girlfriends like. Did you watch it when it was new? Because I did yes. not like no, it. No, I watched it. I was faithful to that show. Okay. I was faithful to it. So going back and watching it was just like, it was pretty cool. That Here's the funny thing about that show. Tracy Ellis Ross could not stand her character on Girlfriends, right? Didn't really? like it. And so now that she's both, completely love the character. I, I had to watch the woman, like, I had uh, watching her through social media. All of a sudden, I've evolved on her, and I'm a huge fan, but just did not like it at all back in the day. Really? I loved it. I loved it. Um, okay, so that was my honorable mention, because I, or I'm going to say um, a few of the shows that they just suddenly put on um, shows from the what was from the early two thousands and the nineties. They went out UPN. You know what UPN? Yeah. Stand, UPN. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so anyway, those are my honorable mentions. My number five show that I binged will be um, Brave New World. It was on. Um, I think I found it on Peacock, and um, it's it's. It's kind of futuristic. It's almost like they it's, they they started like a new world, and um, they had to take these pills that made them happy. Everybody was happy, and they can like they had these things in their eyes where they can actually see. Like there's a mood meter that everybody can when they walk up to you, they can read your mood, and they give you one of these little pills so your mood will get right. And it's like you know like a futuristic kind of. And then so the thing is the, the I think the funny thing about the show was that us here on Earth. They um, they would actually go to Earth as a museum, and they call it like the old world or something like that. And they kind of it was like, can you believe it? These people used to get married because on the New World there was no monogamy or whatever. So it was just kind of a weird concept, but I, I it was very interesting. It was very interesting how they would come uh, to the um, come to America. I mean um, the Earth. And look at us like we were animals in a zoo or something. It was like they had this whole amusement park set up that you go to the different places and it would reflect how we live. Like they had a whole stage play of a wedding, you know, stuff like that. But anyway, it was pretty dope. Um, Raised by Wolves. Have you heard of that one? No. It's on HBO Max. It's really good. Um, 
again, I don't know why I'm into this sci-fi futuristic stuff. Basically, we're kind of in the future. Uh, Earth is done away with, but this guy created an android, and he said, you're the mother, the android, the father, and he had these um, 12 embryos or whatever, or, or, or babies that he had them take to this new planet, and it was their job to raise these kids because the, humanity was kind of done away with. Human you know what? I thought that that's a show. I thought that was yeah. a movie. That sounds like a movie I've seen. I don't know why. It's a it's a show. Well, the thing is, there was this. It, there were more more humans, but they they were a religious sect, you know. And so he uh, has set the program the androids to be atheists and raise them up to be atheists and not have a religion. This religion group comes along anyway and infiltrated their whole camp, and it was kind of really dope. So that was my number four. Number uh, three on my list is. Um, Bridgerton. I I've love heard anything you've talked about so far. It's on Netflix. It's the one with the um, the Victorian. Uh, a, I know what you're talking about, kind of, but I've never watched it. Is it? It's it, yeah, it's good. It's good. It's, yeah. You know, they said they've sexied up the Victorian era. Yeah, it's it's soft porn. Episode six on is soft porn. Yeah. <laughs> Skin of Max. Yeah, it's, it's like, because it, some of the things that they, some of the, it's one thing to show a scene, you know what they're doing, a little skin, but it's another thing to show oh. the ending and how it all, oh, toilet paper, what? Yeah, it was, yeah. <laughs> Not toilet paper. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> what else you got? <laughs> we have to name this, this episode the, the 2020 wrap up. Not toilet paper. So number two is can you see any of my things coming down here? No. Uh-uh. Okay. I'm in. Because I keep having, and I, I didn't, <laughs> didn't put my thing on, do not disturb. But anyway, so how many have I done? Brave New World. You're at number two. I'm at number two. Um, my number two would be The Good Place. Right, right. Which was good. I watched it for the first time this year. Well, Listen, I didn't even know. I was like, what's this? The good place. Get on there in front of this four seasons. Four. Let me tell you this, because I watched it back in March, right? And the first uh -huh. three seasons was on Netflix. I had to wait until November or October oh. to get season four. And oh, that would torture me. It was supposed to come out in August, and then it didn't come out. It came out like in other countries or something. And so I ended up ultimately having to wait like the whole entire pandemic for season four. Well, meanwhile, my kids and other people know how it ends. And I'm and I gotta avoid YouTube videos where they're breaking down the <laughs> ending. So yeah. Well, the way it ended, uh, so was that like a a finale? That's it. Yeah, that's it. But Is I think here's one good thing that the good place did. It makes you forget that Ted Danson used to do blackface. Oh, did he? Remember that time he did blackface when he was dating so. Goldberg? I think I forgot about that anyway. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, it's been like 30 years. <laughs> Probably should forget about it. But uh, but no, it's good though. Like I, I like the concept of it. It's pretty yeah, good. Pretty so it makes you think about afterlife. It makes you, you know, yeah. the good place is good. And it's it's 
subtle comedic. You know, it's it's not necessarily a comedy like ha ha ha, but it's lighthearted. You know, it's pretty cool. Um, now my number one drum roll. This show was the epic show of the year for me. Okay, Lovecraft Country. I joined two talk discussion groups on Facebook. I listened to the podcast every week. I bought the book. I was absolutely in love with this show for every, uh, it just had so much of the elements that I love. It had, um, it had almost the superhero element. It had the um, fantasy element, the, you know, the vampires and all that kind of stuff. It had everything, but the biggest thing it had was all of the references to black history and current state of black people in this country and all of the struggles. And it was so many Easter eggs planted that it, it became like a, a fun um, each episode to go in and find out what I missed. What did they put in there? Like things you would never know wasn't delivered or wasn't certain things weren't um, you know, just pronounced, you just had to find out. Like there was a scene where um, a girl, a lady was standing there with a little girl coming out of the movie theater. And well, they were coming out, the, the main characters come out of the movie theater. And what I didn't know was that was a reenactment of a painting that was done or a picture, not a painting, a photograph, right? This um, uh, guy had done several photographs of colored only photographs, right? Back in the day. And when you know, so throughout this one episode, she kept, uh, uh, what's her name? Grit is Grit, what's her name? Um, I wanna call her Lady Keisha. Um, Y'all know who wrote it, anyway. <laughs> I cannot think of her name. Anyway, so she took like those different colored only photos and actually reenacted it like they were getting ice cream. And that was, they, that was the photo. So I, it was just little stuff like that, you know, it referencing Emmett Till and oh, so many things, you know, uh, that that the Black history experience. Um, and it, they just, it just kind of nestled right in with all the superpower stuff and, you know, supernatural things and all that other stuff that had, you know, so it was just like really, yeah, it was an awesome show, well written. Yeah. So my list goes like this i've got uh, a couple of animated shows that i didn't want to you know that i'll just start off with harley quinn uh season two was really good it's something that you can get on hbo max now i would it's it's not a children's cartoon it, at all but i liked harley quinn's uh cartoon there was also uh solar opposites which was on hulu which was like a really really dope concept um number five for me woke by Keith Knight. Uh, it was on Hulu. Really, really dope concept. He's really just trying not to sell out. Um, like he's been living his whole life just unwoke, like unaware until the police whoop his butt one day, mistaking him for a mugger. And all of a sudden it clicked in with him. Everything ain't about just getting the money. It was, it was difficult. So, you know, like all of a sudden it's, and the, all these inanimate objects start talking to him. And they're all like Cedric the Entertainer, you know, uh, just different comedians and stuff. So it's it's a it's a good show. Good, yeah, real solid. Like yeah, Keith Knight did a really great job in that. 
Um, I got Fargo at number four. Chris Rock in season four of Fargo, he pulled it off enough for me. Like, you know, some people want it to be like an out-the-park thing. He is still someone we see in funny roles, but he did a good enough job, and it was mm -hmm. well-written. And so a lot of Fargo fans feel like it was the weakest of all the seasons. Um, I, I sometimes call, just call it as it is, sometimes I feel like it'd be, you know, I got to call racism on some of those things. Not everything is racist, but like the one season where it's a lot more predominantly Black characters, a lot of people said it's been the worst. I had to go back and watch some other seasons myself. And it turns, what I did was that all of season four turns out to have a link directly to season two. And so I had to watch season two because season two got uh, Bokeem Woodbomb in it. Like, so like, and he's not the main character, but he's like the most fascinating character. And so I, I realized even though Fargo's been out since like 2011 and they only come out every, you know, like they kind of, skip some time there i was like okay i gotta get up on fargo so i'm gonna finish binging the entire series but yeah season four was dope it reminded me a lot of uh, and one is set in kansas city in the 1950s yeah 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 so and it reminded me a lot of the show that we had watched uh last year uh godfather of harlem and so it kind of had that feel to it a little bit well you know it's fake but you still kind of like that the premise you know like yeah so uh, I got the boys coming in next. Uh, I forgot about the boys. So in show prep, just to let y'all know, and like, as we're going through this, Sean's like naming off stuff, and I'm like, I'm always tight-lipped. I don't want to give up my good stuff. <laughs> I know I'll you be know list? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, the boys did everything you don't expect a TV show about superheroes and that those those storylines to do. Um, and Homelander to me wraps up national, like the basic, like nationalism, all those things. If it was a person, you know, if patriotism and nationalism was a person all wrapped in one, it's Homelander. And so that, that entire, the most, the dopest thing is I can't think of the character's name, uh, the black gentleman, his t-shirt game was tight. Every single, uh, episode he had on a different t-shirt that either referenced like an old school rap group or something from pop culture history and you just had to kind of pay attention to it but this whole season uh, you couldn't just even like the plot line of season two it some people didn't like it they felt like it was a little bit of a filler uh, but I liked this idea of them I feel like they actually addressed because we just already talked about how 2020 has this social justice you know theme to it and for them to kind of like address nationalism and racism all in like one one swoop on that on that season i was there for it man i liked it so i didn't watch the outlander right freelander uh a homelander homelander i yeah. didn't watch you didn't watch the boys oh what are you saying homelander is the main character from the boys oh i don't know why my brain registered outlander there's a show called outlander oh, is it? yeah i don't know i've never yeah. oh. So that's yeah. what I thought you had switched up on me. No, I didn't switch. Yeah, no, I was talking about the main character. Um, Notice the uh, the the guy's t-shirts. Yeah, which I thought he was a pretty dope actor. He is. I don't know his name either. Like, I, there's no show prep involved in this. I just wrote down that, and I probably should have went and found his name. See, so, I don't even. I, but no, right. I I completely forgot that I binged the boys, and I literally binged the boys while I was watching Lovecraft. 
Because, you know, while I was watching... Probably Lopez. perfect time to do it. Probably perfect time to do it. And I, yeah. I got... I picked up a few of the boys' uh, comic books. I got one hanging up down and can't see it, but it's down there. But uh, so I'm going to try to see, match up some of the storylines and, and get it. I, I think there's a character in there that they are using to kind of mock uh, ALC. And so, like, but that character in the comics is a man. And so that character next year is going to be the big villain uh, is what people are speculating. So... I'm gonna try to read some of the comics to find out what's gonna happen. Um, but uh, coming in at number two for me is Killing Eve season three. I don't know if you're a Killing Eve fan, but you got to get up on it, man. Like Killing, it, it comes on the BBC, um, but it is uh, it's the lady from um, from Grey's Anatomy, Christina. Oh. oh, you know what? I have heard of that show. Never watched it. The, the main character, Vintanelle, I think I'm, I might be saying her name wrong, but like she's like the main killer. She dresses like immaculate. Like it's just like every single scene she's got on something where you just be like, what? And but then she'll go like snap somebody's neck in it. Or, you know, like, and she's just, she's a neck. I gotta see that. She's the perfect villain because you actually know that she's sadistic and she's a nutcase but you care about her and this season really like season three made you really care about her although she's a freaking nutcase like she just kills just like for no reason and but she's she's a paid killer so it's a really killing eve is really dope um and my number one that i watched this year that i know you watched too and i didn't want you to say this was insecure Oh yeah. <laughs> and so what about being shows? But see, here's the thing. Here's the thing. I did not watch until I, I kind of had to play catch up. So I did binge it to some extent. Oh, okay. Okay. And okay. So it was one of those things where this season was one of the first seasons that I felt like they they took a realistic kind of spin on character development. And it wasn't just about one situation to the next. There was this greater theme that uh, throughout the whole season, people were yeah. on the sidelines like, what? And people was picking Molly or... Yeah, or, yeah, you had to pick a side. <laughs> you had to pick a side. So I think when it comes to shows that, like I said, I binged the first few episodes and then the other episodes, we just called them on Sunday night. But it's just like, you, you almost have to binge seasons before, before the new season comes together. And this season, she really let like so many other people produce or other people direct. Jay Ellis directed, you know, one of the episodes. Carrie Washington directed an episode. So I feel like that was one of my favorite shows of the year. I, I like this season. I like the way she was winning. I liked her development. She yes. was no longer like you, you have to grow at some point. You can't just stay this insecure person or this person who's always losing and someone has to catch your back. She grew. And I like that. I like that. The way it ended. And so spoiler alert, if you ain't watched it, so what? But the way it ended is so realistic to when you are starting to have your come ups, especially like as a like, and I don't know, it, this could, I don't want to turn everything black, but I know from my black entrepreneurial experience or my black experience with romance, life and everything, soon as it feel like oh it's finally like hitting everything's hitting on all cylinders here comes something and mm -hmm. so for it to end 
with, you know, with uh, Condoleezza being pregnant or condolences, what, you know, whatever, everybody. What was that? Yeah, whatever her name was. What was her <laughs> name? Nobody, people said her name on, on purpose, so on, wrong on purpose so much. I don't remember the girl. Condola? What was it? Cond it was Condola. But, okay. yeah, so, but for it to end on her being pregnant, and that just ruins this little bubble for Issa, but then yeah. you also looking at like. Let it happen because we wanted, we wanted the fairy tale TV perfect situation, and it's like boom, real life. You know, real life. Yo, yeah, your man about to be having, about to be raising a kid. Yeah. Like, yeah. and but and then in all in the meantime, this guy who's this other guy's over here who has a mental health issue, yeah. but he's dealing with it. But so it's not a perfect scenario, but he's there waiting in the wings too, which is also realistic to real life relationships. And people don't be wanting to talk about it, but people be having that extra person in the wings. And you know, there's a, there's a thing going around on Facebook right now that people are reposting, like I'm single, real single. Not, the, and they, you know, it's like, I'm single, single. The kind of single where, and it's like, like you know, it's always somebody there. I mean, I know, because I've been single for years. Am I single single? You know, there's always, you know, somebody you can pick up. And literally, I am working on being single single. And I think I've pretty much accomplished my goal here. Going into 2121, I am single single. Like, I want to be single single. And I'm good with it. I mean, I'm just saying, because that's not, it's not a realistic thing. When people say they're single, that they don't have somebody to call, <laughs> you know, somebody that they're kind of attached to. And, you know, even though you are single, you're not in a committed relationship or anything, somebody comes along, there's some people you got to tuck away or make choices about <laughs> So here's the thing, as I said, this is a perfect segue from this, is that, that that's the interesting because what's tested that this year is that you knew you were single, single when COVID-19 hit. Yeah. That raggedy COVID-19 came along and you was down there in your leather jacket throwing yeah, in your leather vest. Oranges in the leather vest. Because COVID-19 came along and said, oh, you single, single. Okay. Well, tell you what. You can't leave the house and wash your hands like and you had to sit still and it i think it tested a lot of people i'm married so we have two perspectives that we can explore with this uh, on what happened during the pandemic i'm married so therefore i was in the house and i have children with these other human beings and we couldn't go nowhere i feel bad for you single single on the other hand lonely i'm talking about stir crazy you can only you, you binge the time of the day it's like you wake up you got you go in and cook who's eating with you it's just you know what i'm saying you want company yeah. you want someone there but i feel bad for the people that were stuck in because i want you to come visit and leave right you know <laughs> like you say like so like for example people we both like, I love to cook. You're a chef. So this isn't a comparison, but we both love to cook, right? Yeah. So for me, I'm in the kitchen. I don't want you behind me. I don't want you talking to me. 
I don't really want you telling me what, asking me why I'm putting this in there. I put Italian seasoning in all my chicken because it's Ron's special recipe. Now leave me alone. <laughs> so it, it's, so for me, I think I, I did not reach a boiling point where I like was mad or, or didn't. I am a private person anyway. And so it worked out well for me because my family then understood the very nature of my, uh, of my, you know, introverted ways of needing some time. And so once they started getting their own quiet time, I think they started getting maybe a better understanding of me not being a, like, I'm not rejecting or anything like that. I, it helped me in that once that was a positive that came from it. The negative part of that though, was that you almost, and this may sound childish or silly as a quote unquote, like introvert, I found myself not being unique in the room anymore. And <laughs> I found myself being so petty. Yeah, exactly. I found myself being just like like everybody else could understand where I was coming from, where it's like, oh, I just needed a few minutes to myself. Yeah, I know what that means. You know, like people, like the most extroverted people are like, yeah, I'm gonna take five. And it's like, oh, really? Like, you know, like I'm talking too much? Like, <laughs> you know, so. Are you feeling something we used to feeling? Right. You know, I'm, not, I'm not used to people telling me I got to be quiet. So it's just like, oh, oh. Not the rejectee. <laughs> like, huh? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go to the room like you suggested. But I was, you know, like, and yeah. So for me, I, I think that, that that's that was the unique thing. But it also, and me and you, we talked about this in a serious, more serious way. It made you have to sit with your demons. Yeah. And... The one thing I feared the most as a person who worked around recovery is I knew that the number one thing that most addicts in recovery would do, that they always do, is run from silence. They run from that nothing, like they had something has to be going. And a lot of people build their sobriety and they build years of sobriety based off of being busy. And when you can't busy yourself, I was really yeah. concerned that we were going to see a lot more people, we were going to lose people to alcoholism or to relapse is people we would never expect to relapse because it's so difficult to uh to self-govern in silence yeah you know yeah. you know uh, the the one thing this pandemic did was it did away with codependency yeah to for, for a lot of people because you didn't have access anymore um, going and staying busy, being gone. And when I say codependency, it doesn't mean on people. It can be on your busyness. Mm -hmm. Anything that will keep you from having to sit with yourself. And I am a person who has come out on the other side of that finally. I'm seeing that about myself because there was a um, kicking and screaming of, you know, being by myself and what that mean, what that opportunity meant. You know, I don't want to do the work, but I got nothing but time on my hands to do it. <laughs> but, and, and so you, for me, if, can we talk about the mental yeah. health issue of it? You know, for me, I'm a person who is always, I've always looked at myself as like one of the stronger people. Like I didn't understand throughout life how people got depressed, how people, you know, had anxiety. Like what is wrong with you? Your mind should be stronger than that kind of thing. Like just tell yourself what to think and feel. What is the big deal? <laughs> and then I found 
of not being able to tell myself to be happy. You know, myself was telling me how to feel and it wasn't a good feeling and there was nothing I could do about it. And so finding myself in those dark, dark places and I couldn't bring myself out and I I kind of figured it out. You got to face whatever it is that you need to face, figure out this out to come out of. I'm not saying that's everybody's situation. I guess some people might need medication. I'm not sure. But it wasn't until I really sat with my fears the things I was most afraid of. And I, I said, that's why, you know, one of the things that came out of this pandemic for me is it's okay to be alone until you get real love in your life. It's okay not to play these games, the dating game with all the BS that goes on because you have a standard, you have a quality of what you want. You deserve that. And you put yourself in a position to match that and wait on that to come into your life. And this pandemic and the the isolation and quarantining brought me to that place. And literally, once I came to that contentment with myself, I came out of the dark place. (laughs) Yeah, I think, you know, for me, I had to deal with actually losing a a resource because we were going faithfully as a family to, to our counseling sessions. And uh, then the pandemic hit and it was like, okay, there's no more ca- like in-person counseling sessions. And we had to, you know, like, and we just never made the conversion over. And I watched myself, I can't speak to anyone else in the household, but I, I watched myself fall into these emotional cycles with social media and the standards. And it, it erode, like it ate away at my potency. So like, in other words, I'm this person of great potential and I can come up with all these ideas, but the the power to execute was drained away with this notion of like, I gotta be watching what everybody else, like I don't wanna miss what's next. I don't wanna be behind with what's happening. I gotta see what's going on in the world. And in years past, I've never cared what was going on in the world because I was busy building my own narratives and you know telling my own stories. And this year I was, that's I found myself in like July, June, just like sucking in for hours at a time, worried about what people are saying on, and I, I'm not even participating. Like I'm not posting myself, but you know, I found myself like, I wanna find out what Sean, who, you know, who Sean King is gonna say, what cop did this next. And like, I'm watching all the social media, like networks to see, you know, I was chasing out trauma. I was chasing it down and I had to find myself in a season. I found, and it put me in a dry season where I was like, oh, my depression is speaking to me in a unique way. Like it's not, it's not even telling me like, it's not whispering like it used to like, oh, you, you're not laughing anymore. You're not like, it was just like, no, I'm about to kill you. Like it was a serious, I'm going to take your life over. If you, you know, and I, so I, I immediately started to try to back off of those things because I started to recognize, oh, I haven't like had a good stomach laugh in a minute. Like I started looking at my, cause I have a checklist of like, okay, some of the exteriors. And it's like, why am I not enjoying this? How could I binge watch a whole show and it just, there was no ups or downs and no, you know, nothing like that. Like, oh, I'm dead. I'm dead inside here. Like I'm, you know, I need to wake up emotionally. And so I took on, I did, I took on the, uh, I really took on the, the goal of just saying, I gotta be a better man. I gotta be a better human. Um, and the best thing that I can do is just be focused on creating something good. And so, but yeah, mentally it was tough being I, cause 
you know me the year before I got used to traveling for you know around yeah and, yeah and being gone and so this year <laughs> I did do some traveling but yeah. it was the paranoia in your head when you have to travel during a pandemic so you remember the first time I had to travel during the pandemic was when Kansas yeah. City shut down when we yeah, all yeah, yeah. oh I, the paranoia was real with you oh remember I didn't go over I didn't go see mama yeah, laid on your couch. You was at my place, and you had like you used my whole can of Lysol up. It was bad. <laughs> we, we did after the funeral. It was like the most panic in my mind because I was like, I want to come up. To you. This is my family, but I don't. I was so scared that I touched someone on the plane, and then I'm about to hug my aunt Valerie and give it to her. Like right. that freaked me out. You know what I'm saying? And then I just had to like calm down and just have those moments with them in that moment. Just like, God, please just protect us and just have faith that it's going to be all right. But I felt irresponsible. The panic coming there felt like, and then you're seeing, and then I was seeing people on social media talk dog, like I'm talking like top dollar just stuff about people who were traveling. It's like, you have no good reason to travel. We're going to be stuck inside because of people like, people I know, love and admire and work for and work with were just on social media killing people like me. They would never say it to me or about me. And, you know, personally, but I'm reading their message and I'm like, yo, I'm sitting here on a plane, but I'm reading you like basically lightweight cuss out people who are still traveling. <laughs> and so- The thing is, is that, it's justified because look where we are. Yeah. Look where we are. Had we to just, and I get it, you came for a really good reason and you prayed about it and you made that trip, you know. Um, and, you know, we could have, you could have just said, no, I can't do it. And uh, other means would have been made or whatever. However, it was one of the first deaths like that in our family. It was big for us. Yeah. And, and for you not to have come would have been, you know, devastating also. And we did have some family members that wasn't able to make it in town because of the pandemic. And, but, we, and we respect and understand that. Not yeah. and the contrast yeah. of what, that was another factor I had to play in was like, yo, like for the other people who can't come, I didn't want to put pressure on them, but they're grown. Right. And right. so I just yeah. had to follow my, you know, like, but it was. It was a, but at the same time, let's set aside like, okay, really important need to travel situations versus these people out here just running amok okay <laughs> and 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 we came out too soon it wasn't those people traveling during quarantine that made the big problem it was them opening up the cities too soon yeah and people going back shopping and out to eat and at the clubs and those people were the problems you have to throw a wedding in 2020 you can't just, you know, go to the justice of the peace or something like you. You couldn't get your your granddaddy who's a pastor to marry you in the living room. You had to have a big wedding. More of uh, 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 the the virus was spread through funerals and weddings. That you know, and that's how it it came to our house. Actually, you know, like we survived it, and you know, through all the different ins and outs, and it ultimately ended up when it did affect us in October. It came to us through a, a social event that we didn't attend in that particular way, but you know, one of our businesses was adjacent to that event, and I'm being mm -hmm. vague intentionally. And so it's you know, so it was just like you. It was weird because you, at some point, once everything opened back up in June and July, 
you felt like you had to roll with the punches because you have a business store. As an entrepreneur, it was difficult mm -hmm. to make that decision because, you know, and so, you know, we relocated our business for safety uh, purposes just to make sure we were even more safe. And we did everything that we had to do. And so for me, I lost, um, I lost maybe four due to COVID, four major paydays, you know, through my uh, through my media business. And so multiple contracts that, you know, like people that I would have been able to work for and do some video shoots for and some other things, gone. And so I think that that was one of the tougher things. It's like, it wasn't just the financial thing. Those are also relationships and networking opportunities okay. that were just out down the drain. So it's like, everyone's in the same boat, but it was very difficult to make that decision. And honestly, going into 2021, I don't see it any different. I don't know how, I'm not going to fold up, but I also know that like, I'm, the stimulus check for some people is a joke, but for not the stimulus check that everyone gets, but like when they come out with those SBA loans and those paycheck, protect, uh, pay, paycheck protection programs and all that, for small business owners like like myself, right? that's serious. Like I filled out a lot of grant requests this year. <laughs> Because <laughs> without it, you don't, so, you don't survive. So um, with this, I, I, said, that I, we were talking about mental health, but like I, that ties in just because we're, that was the we're, we're pretty much talking about the effects of COVID on us, yeah. how life has changed, how we are not in the same rooms doing podcasts, but we're Zoom meetings. And, you know, we don't even work at a building anymore. You know how many companies have folded and just decided y'all going to work from home? Twitter said that their people don't even got to come in anymore. Like they're thinking about like outsourcing the bit. Like, why do we need yeah. this? Why do we need this building? You can work from home. Um, and, and we had people working from home before, but when the pandemic hit, it kind of really hit home with big companies. This is what we got to do. Zoom meetings took a whole nother. <laughs> they we took on a whole, like Zoom. And you know, it's funny because they had uh, video recording movies, I mean, meetings before. But Zoom somehow got the contract. Zoom got the COVID-19 contract. I don't know why, because I was faithful. You know me, when we did the barbershop, I, I had tried Zoom years in the past, years past, and I was like, eh, it's clunky. I don't like it. And I was faithful to Skype. For years. And I'm like, Skype worked just fine. We good. This Zoom thing going to pass. About a month into it, you know, everybody's like, yeah, bro, we on Zoom. You need to come on you over here. Zoom. You like, know, you got to Zoom. Yeah. And, and, so, and the fact that we, that I'm Zoom has blessed us with a lot of jokes and funniness with people standing up in their underwear, people getting caught doing unseemly things, not realizing that the Zoom is watching. <laughs> and our children having to do Zoom school, you got mamas walking in the room in her bra, not knowing it. Just and one mama was completely butt naked going to a pile of, I guess, where she washed the clothes and they were just in the baby's room on the floor. And she coming in, she was stark butt naked and she coming, one, I'm not going to judge anybody. <laughs> I am. Why are you but making as for me in my house, we stay clothed in front of our children. I, exactly. <laughs> I, don't, I know siblings who have that relationship where they can be naked in front of their, I was, we, that's not my house. Not. I don't even know what your chest look like. You will like. never know it. You will never know it. <laughs> Is it hair? No. You don't know. I don't know. You don't, don't know. It's the nest you will never see. Like there's <laughs> me, 
No, I mean, but it, it's not the, but you know, that's just how some people are. They're just really free about it. But I'm thinking back to that video where that mom was just, she just came in, just, just booty butt naked. Just are you seeing people smoking illegal substances with them or cussing? Like literally my, uh, one of my uh, play nephews, he was laughing because he, he was, he started going off in the background. He didn't know his daughter was in gym class and on the Zoom and she's jumping up and down. He's like, wait, hang on, he starts going off. And he realizes she's, he's like, no daddy, I'm in class. So Zoom has brought us a lot of laughter and joy. Yes, that's <laughs> and, and everything. So, but we, we have um, so many changes that have happened in the way we move in society, like, um, groceries and i get my groceries delivered well yeah yeah like i, I just know when it, it, at this point it's just part of the budgeting like i just i factor it in i think the one thing i missed about shopping in person because i had to go do an in-person shopping because i couldn't get a time slot uh the other day uh -huh. um and i went to the store and i realized i saved more me personally i save more money when i'm there because i'll be picking up stuff that's on sale and the people, like when I pick up, if I pick up some meat, I'm picking up the meat that's a little bit cheaper, you know, whatever. Like I'm looking at things different where that worker, they just grabbing. They're picking up whatever. I care about yeah. your life. Yeah. They yeah. No, I'm, I'm going to spend way more money if I go in a store because oh. I'm picking up cheaper stuff, but I'm picking up stuff that was not on the grocery list. That's true. Yeah. See, if I'm sitting at home, I'm focused. Oh, I need this, 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 this. I put it on a list. I ain't thinking about nothing. But you walk in the store and they got the whole end cap. They got all the s'mores. They got all the stuff to make s'mores on. Well, you know. Throwing it in the basket. You go down to wine out. You don't need wine. I got a rack full of wine, but that, that bottle's pretty. You know, so you know, I end up buying more things when I go yeah, in the store. You need Russian wine? <laughs> yeah. I save I save money and calories when I shop online. So, <laughs> but no delivery services, uh, boom! It's a boom in delivery services and stuff as far as like Amazon, ridiculous. Yeah, like, Bezos got so rich, and you know it's so funny. Like his ex wife is giving out what they call "fu money." You know, like they say because she got it in the divorce and it's her way of just get. She's giving out four billion billion dollars. This year, her name again? <laughs> I forgot her name, but it's like she's giving out. Four I'm gonna look billion. her up. I'm gonna see if she still yeah, got Bezos some. ex-wife, but she's giving out four billion. Um, to like she's giving out like she gave a mil a couple of million uh to uh Prairie View a few weeks ago. So she's giving to HBCUs. She's giving to all these different spaces. Yeah. Just getting rid of it, and this is the sad thing. Jeff Bezos could give get get rid of. 20 billion and probably the way he pays no taxes but the way he made money this year the way amazon i can't lie i did my entire christmas list off of i put i made a christmas list on amazon and my family stuck to it they did not go anywhere else everything was amazon everybody, wow. everybody made an amazon wish list and we pretty much purchased off of it um wow. Not proud of it, but it is what it is. I and mean, so, it is what it is, but, you know, um, next year, let's make that list all Black-owned businesses. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> I don't even do Christmas, so who cares? But, okay, so what we got next? 
So we're going to move on in the same, you know, like before we move on and get to our best movies, we're about to do our best movies of 2020. Real quick question. Won't take that long. Vaccine or not? You first. Okay. So I'm just, I'm thinking, and I ain't going to put your business out there, but I'm going to preference it this way. So, you know, it's funny. As soon as I say I ain't going to put your business out there, it sounds like I'm about to put your <laughs> business out there. But I'm, open book. I'm afraid to take it. I'll say it. I'm afraid to take it out of lupus. And I don't know how it's going to affect me having lupus or if it, you know, like I got so much going on in my body. Yeah. It's it's kind of scary to think of any kind of vaccine or anything. Cause I don't know. I, I don't know. And with this being such a new, it's different like the flu shot I've been out forever, you know, different stuff like that. And I've never taken a flu shot and I've always been okay. I don't get the flu. So I mean, I'm kind of scared of, I'm. No, it's understandable considering the health, health condition. I think the joke that I'm, I'm always tempted to make is I know throughout the years I've been willing to do a lot of other things. I've put other things in my body. So like, it's sort of like if I'm willing to, uh, at one point in my life, I was, if I was willing to drink alcohol, if I was willing to get high at one point, but I'm like this vaccine, I don't know about, but it's like, but do you know what's in an edible? Do you know what's in, you know, all these other different do that. Don't do that. I said I wasn't putting nobody's business out there. And you didn't. That was not on purpose. So. Oh. <laughs> uh, okay. Listen. But, but that's that. That's kind of my point. It's just like, you know, if you was in line and you got, you waited two hours for the Popeye's chicken sandwich, all these different things that have been questionable this year that we have participated in, some of us. And then the vaccine comes, it's like, hey, it could save your life. It's like, I don't trust it. It's like, come on, man. So that, really? I, but for me, I'm going to take it as soon as I'm, I'm eligible, just because I honestly don't really care. Like whether, you know, like the conspiracy theories of don't take that shot because it might be this, this, that, or another. The confession of my heart got nothing to do with anybody's conspiracy theory of what it could be. Uh, if I'm signing this paper and it says, by taking this shot, you're, you know, you're denouncing your religion or you're denouncing this, or I'm going to, you're going to grow a third leg. Yeah. And then obviously I'm not going to take the shot. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like there's a level of integrity. I ain't like that hard up for the shot, but it's just like, yeah, man, I'm going to do what's best for society that I'm a part of. I'm going to love my neighbor by doing what I can do to crush this disease out. Because if people didn't take polio shots, we a lot of us wouldn't be around. Yeah. yeah. So well, 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 let's just say this though. Don't be the sacrificial lamb. Let a few other people get it first. I, I like know, having you around. It just in case it don't work out. Just in case, ooh, we gotta go back to the drawing board. You know what? Let like, it be like a. I'm sitting here with an extra hand. Like you think you got to go back to the drawing board, and the hand move when I talk. It, it right. means my, my what I'm saying. It's a small hand, and I'm sitting there. No, I don't. I'm. I'm good. Either way, like when it's my. But listen, I, I can say that kind of cavalier because I'm also very far away from like their list of people priorities. You know what I'm saying? So like. I'm not in the, the, the group of people that they want to get the, the shot too quicker. So Just, it would be probably May or so. Well, you know, there may be a, a Tuskegee 
experiment version of the vaccine that they want to give to you. So just hold off. Mm -hmm. That's all I'm saying. I love you, brother. Yeah. What's next? You said that was a quick question. Yeah, it was, I and mean, it turned out to not be as quick as I thought it would be. <laughs> all right, so the top movies that we watched this year, uh, what's your top five movies? Um, when we make lists like this, when it's the end of the year, we can always be short-sided on a lot of this. Yeah, because so the ones we recently watch is what's on your mind. It's on your mind, and it turns out it may or may not like last. Um, I have. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go first because I got two, and I'm not gonna go in any order. I'm not gonna do a top five, and the reason okay. why is because I got a couple that you're gonna argue with. All right, but I'm gonna start off with two easy ones: Ma Rainey and Five Bloods. Okay. Five Bloods. Did you get a chance to watch Five Bloods? I didn't watch it, but I've heard so much about it. And so I understand that it's a good movie. Delroy Lindo is why you should watch it, not Chadwick. Chadwick's performance was, was solid. Don't get me wrong. But Chadwick was a minimal character. Like, he was really a supporting actor, right? Uh, Delroy. It's mind-blowing how he does this role. Like, I've never seen someone capture uh, a character and play it to the point where it's like, oh, he's got real life PTSD. Like, or you start looking him up and be like, was he really in Vietnam? You know, like, so. Uh, okay, I'm gonna watch it, I'm gonna watch plays it. Plays that character with beauty. Like, and I think it's one of the, the better performances of the year, um, but I think Chadwick's performance in Ma Rainey overshadows that and should overshadow that. I understand this is an August Wilson play. And so, the movie was shot and it was not under the illusion of being anything other than the play that it was written to be. So right. I watched it seeing and feeling like I was watching a play, you know, but the performance that Chadwick had was not assisted by cinema photography. And that's what I loved about it. Like there was nothing with the musical scores when he was talking or whatever. He took that character's narrative and brought us into it. He took those words that August Wilson wrote and maybe I don't know what extra was written in or whatnot, but he took those words and he told us a story that we related to. And the thing I loved about, uh, and once again, had not seen the play. I don't know if it was a part of the play or if it was just something that they added in for the movie. But I ruin movies for my family all the time because I'd be seeing little things and I'll say it. But the first thing I noticed, I was like, oh, that door is going to be a dead end. Oh, you said that. Yeah, and I, and I was just like, because uh, I just, but when they broke it down and they was like, yeah, when they was like, it don't matter if the door was always, that door is always there. It doesn't matter if they switched the room, the door is there. I was like, oh, that means something. And that's the truth of the African-American experience. Experience. Yeah. Don't matter. You, that you tried so hard to break that door down and it's the same dead end that belongs to us. You can that, that, we're gonna, that we're going to come across. Doors there for is always there. Yeah. His most frustrating moments after every time he's making these mistakes, he comes back to this door thinking there's something there that's calling him, and all it is is just a, a dead end. Yeah, it's a lot, and we can't get into that because we yeah. we got to wrap it up in a little bit. But that my right, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I've got soul, which I know you didn't necessarily like. Uh, so we ain't got to talk about that because you hate black stuff. Um, it, also, <laughs> oh, it ain't that 
it's just that I was watching it and it was slow for me. And maybe it was just where I was mentally that day. It, it, I'm gonna go back and watch it because I hear so many great things about it, but it just didn't get great for me yet. And so I'm gonna watch it. Yeah. Um, 40, I think it's called 40 year old version. Listen, I wanted to talk about that earlier and when we were talking about our shows, and, but if you know, yes, that it's was a movie. movie though. Oh, yeah, it's a movie. And yeah. so you have to understand. I am going to be 40 this year. Yeah. Crazy, right? Your little brother's getting so I this is a year that I am going to like, and you'll you'll start to see some subtle changes through social media, but this is gonna be one of the first years where it's like, all right, everyone knows I'm a pastor. I'm never gonna stop being a pastor, but you'll start seeing me refer to myself as a filmmaker more and more. And so to enter into that space, but also I've already young in my uh, filmmaking career have already faced like little moments of like, yo, I need to change what you wrote. I need to, you know, we need to, it needs to look a little, and you're already like this, this thought in the back of your mind of like, I don't want to compromise. I don't want to give them poverty porn, but I also know how to write and also know how to shoot and look at things from the angle of, well, what's going to sell? And so- I identify with that movie in so many different ways because you can have a natural skill to do something and people love that you do it like she's a good teacher, but you also know you got something else you need to be doing. And so for me, I watched it and it was just like, y'all better get out of my business with this movie. And, and I loved every part of how right. she, like, she wrote it, the way she acted in it. Like, I loved every part of it. And- yeah, spoke to my goal of having a cute young guy too. I'm just, just going to put that out there. <laughs> it was borderline though because he was young young but i ain't gonna hate um he was young young <laughs> so, but he was uh, fine though <laughs> yeah i put bad boys for life on my list but here's okay. my last one that i'm gonna mention i loved the portrait and here's why the photograph you couldn't even the think photograph of i said the portrait didn't i the photograph here's why because i love black love stories that's one mm -hmm. Two, Robert Glasper made me fall in love with this film because the mm -hmm. score that he put together, it was seamless musically. I like Lakeith Stanfield. Mm -hmm. He's a little bit, he comes off to me a little bit pretentious sometimes and it takes away from his performances. But I think his key embodied the character perfectly. I, I'm one of these people who, you can't tell me that Issa Rae can do something wrong. Not, not You can't tell us in our household, period. That black yeah. That black woman don't miss to us. So I love, I love the movie. It yeah, it had a couple of plot hole twists and, and you know a few things where I was like, yeah, that could have been done a little different. But for the most part, I had to get out of my mind that this is not 2020 Love Jones. This is not anything else. It's yeah. a what else worked to my advantage? My dislike of Queen and Slim seeing Queen and Slim a, a month before I saw that movie uh, mm -hmm. photograph, I was like, oh. So I like the contrast of how they went back and forth with the storyline, but they didn't overdo the mother's storyline. I liked it. It was a good movie to me. So <coughs> it just, the first time I tried to watch it, I fell asleep. The second time I tried to watch it, I ended up picking up the phone and started calling somebody like I wasn't watching a movie. So it's eight. So you can never attached to it. I finally watched it. Right. I don't know if I watched it to the end. How did it end? 
I might have watched it to the end. I don't remember. That it ends with them getting together. Oh, maybe I did or didn't. It was the most boring, slow, get on with it. What are we watching? Movie to me. It had no exciting points. It's like somebody laid in the bed and wrote it. Like, get up, smile while you write something. Like, let us feel what you're feeling. Like, cause all I'm feeling is it's time to go to bed. I'm sleepy. That that and, could be Robert Glasper's, you know, uh, that could have been the- It was just extremely boring. It was melancholy. It was, yeah, it was just like, there was nothing exciting about it. And I love a good love story, but I want to feel the love. I want to feel it. And I didn't feel anything but boredom when I watched it. I don't want to have to work for it when I'm watching a love story. Let me guess, Sovi's love was was on, was on in contract? Actually, it was really good. It was good. It was very good. But... It was boring as the photograph. It wasn't as slow. It moved along. It had different storylines in it. And the music, you know, I love music. It just was, it was good. Now, it was not like, ah, it wasn't Love Jones good. Right. Nothing's going to be Love Jones good. But yeah. yeah, it's not. But it was good. I liked it. I, I really did. She she is uh, one of the best actresses that we have out right now. Everyone uses the term actor, and I need to convert to that and stop saying actress. But, uh, you know, the lead from, from that movie was really good. And I like the young man who, did it, who, was, who was actually one of the producers of the film. Um, I can't think of his name right now, but, and I don't want to mispronounce it. So like, I enjoyed that movie thoroughly and, and I am excited about Amazon because Amazon's putting some stuff out. Amazon is doing his thing. They got Coming to America coming and they got Regina King's first movie coming. I heard some, speaking of Regina King, I heard somebody's picking up Watchmen. So there's, and so the rumor is that Watchmen may, may get picked up for season two with a different uh, with a different director, but Regina King was says she's not been in on that conversation. Oh, okay. If she's invited into it, she could see easily where, in order to explore a new plot line, one of the major characters has to die in the very first episode. So her speculation, like according to that statement, people are thinking if the Watchmen comes back that she's gonna ultimately end up dying in the first episode or first scene. Or it could just be, if you say any major character, maybe it's her grandpa. Um, you know, her, you know, maybe it could be that, I don't know. But basically some major character is gonna die. Well, let's hope it comes back. I loved it. <laughs> I love the show. Where, where, are we, where are we at now? You were given a couple of your favorite uh, uh, movies. Yeah, I felt like I wanted to uh, skip that part. So okay. I liked um, Sylvie's Love, of course. My Rainy was on my list too, of course. Um, the other show that we watched this year, um, our movie that we watched this year, I want to say we watched this year. It wasn't a movie movie. It was a mini series, I believe, really? uh, about... Um, uh, <laughs> No, I can't think of the name. The, the haired lady. Don't do that, because you know who I'm talking about. It was a movie? Yeah, it was a series with, um, what's her name in it? 
Oh, my old lady brain. Listen, this is oh, this is what over for this is what 47 looks like. Okay. You, you said the, the hair lady. The you hair know? lady. The lady oh, Annabella? Huh? No. Annabella? No. Oh, that was my movie too. I know. But That's I, what I'm trying to throw you a bone. I didn't know. I still have no clue. Because I was gonna come off with some stupid uh what's the name? So I couldn't think of nothing. But yes, Annabella was my show. But no, uh I did watch Harriet this year, but uh, and that was really, really good. But no, what's the lady who does the hair, who started the hair products? Madam C.J. Walker. Oh, you yes. had words for Madam C.J. Walker. You did. You had some words when that first came out. I remember we, we, we reviewed it. You talked did, about that. You had words. You initially, because I think you looked up stuff and you found out like a lot of that wasn't real. But yeah. you liked it, but you was like, you yeah, wish. I like the show. Yeah. Yeah, but I was like, y'all not keeping it real on these characters. Like, it's one thing to like, you know, um, embellish, but y'all just completely gave a, a whole nother story, a whole false narrative. For no reason. Period. Yeah, for no reason. Yeah. So that kind of bothered. But the show was good. The acting was good. Um, in in that, but that was a miniseries. That wasn't a movie. But Annabelle, yes, that was a good movie. I loved it no, because that was, the twist. that was a movie. Yeah. That was a miniseries. It was, we didn't watch it for days or for different one, episodes. That was, that was just one movie. You saw the Metal CJ Walker thing. Yeah, that was just one movie. In my brain, that was a whole miniseries. Yep, no, that's 47 year old brain. All yeah, right. okay. Yeah, well, it's it good. It's on my list. It counts. And it, okay. <laughs> Annabella, listen, that movie had me fired up because I was like somewhere in America right now, because art imitates life. That is really happening and we don't know it. Somebody that set up a whole slave plantation and then stole some people. <laughs> I believe it's happening right now in real life. Somebody telling it on, on theyself uh, through this movie. I, I just I feel it in, in America. Because I know it's it, happening in like Libya, like it's in Liberia, like it's happening. No, no, I ain't talking, I ain't talking about known flag. I'm talking about somebody stealing black folks. <laughs> And putting them on plantations and making them work, and they don't even know where they at. <laughs> I just okay. feel like I was I was afraid to leave my house. Like y'all think y'all worried about sex trafficking? I'm worried about slave trafficking, right here in America, at these fake plantations. I don't believe that wasn't real. But anyway, the other thing, the Fresh Prince. Reunion, it may not have been a movie in your mind, but it was just one little episode. So therefore, I'm gonna put it in my movie character. I'm done. I'm glad you went through the effort of putting your list together. Uh it shows. So <laughs> it shows. All right. It's so we, we're gonna skip over politics and race. Yeah. But I we will mention that uh Kamala Harris, one step closer yeah. to a position of power that you know black women deserves and the country should be ran by black women and you know like but it's just one of those things where we're it's getting, a first yeah it's a first and so we definitely want to celebrate that um some other firsts that we want to mention that kind of took place this year i wrote down a few firsts uh we had our first uh african-american catholic cardinal uh wilton gregory um really? yeah we had the first african-american nhl play-by-play -play broadcaster uh everett fitzhurst uh, up in Seattle. Um, we also had our first elected official 
uh, to our lie in the state capital when John Lewis died. Um, we had our first, we got the first vice president, uh, and then we have our first president of an NFL team and Jason Wright, uh, first appointed to military chief of staff, uh, African-American uh, by the name of uh, Charles Brown Jr. So a lot of really good first kind of candidates this year. So that's a pretty dope, positive thing to focus in on uh, for 2020. We're going to wrap up because we've been talking for a while, but 2020 was yeah. a long year. Uh, was, we're going to wrap yeah. up on this one positive note that businesses, uh, you know, entrepreneurship has been a big thing. We've witnessed people in our family, you know, selling their shirts and doing their businesses and people just trying harder. Yeah. Uh, and it could be the result of a pandemic. People, you know, yes, because people started businesses that never even thought about starting businesses. Shoot. Well, I can't say she never started because she started a homeless shelter, our sister. But she started making candles, which was like dope to me. I never seen my sister that side of her before. Started making candles. Like I got friends who started making jewelry. I got people who start, I mean, so many people start, oh, in the mask situation. You know what I mean? People we got sewing machines and became mask producers. Yeah, mask. So. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, and here's the thing. It, it woke something up inside of us to make us recognize that financial independence is, is vital for the next movement, yeah. you know? And so I had had like a list of different entrepreneurs who's done some great things, but do yourself a favor and just Google like, you know, black entrepreneurs are, are like, you know, are great achievements. Um, you know, this year I, there was a woman I met at a business conference last year and this year she gave away, I think uh, her organization was responsible for giving away over $500 million worth of grants and small business loans wow. um, in the Chicago area and, you know, and, and, and beyond. But she started off with an emphasis in the Chicago area. Companies are just growing. Like social entrepreneurship is growing in a unique way. So we were going to talk about it more in detail because it's a highlight and a good way to end 2020. Uh, we know we've, we've experienced a lot of people passing away. Before the pandemic, we had Kobe in February. And just the other day. And his daughter. And his daughter. And his daughter. And the whole, and the rest, there was, in this rest point, yeah, there was, there was a lot of other members of the team was actually uh, was actually on the was actually on there. So yes. there's so many different ways that we we didn't know how to process that. Pandemic starts, and then we started seeing people lose loved ones. Loved ones and we started yes. seeing celebrities pass away this fall. It feels like this summer into the fall, we lost a lot more celebrities than we normally would more and we don't want to get into name like we know we talked about chadwick earlier but yeah. you know, we can get into a point where you forget you get to name in one and you're like, oh i forgot this person i forgot that person but i think we've had to sit with death in a unique way this year yeah. um, my last thoughts before you know i turn it over to you for, for a goodbye or whatever it's just that i think that we're going to be so much stronger because of this year and everything that we endured and how 2020 honestly looked uh, for us, I all I see is I don't see an option where we could get weaker, unless they put something in the vaccine to make. He really wants to talk to you. <laughs> I know, and I'm not even like that popular of a person. Um, but yeah, so that that's what I'm gonna say is just like, hey, 
I know we're going to be stronger. 2020 wasn't all that bad. There was some good shows, some good movies, uh, and we learned a lot about ourselves. Okay, well, I'm just to wrap it up to say, <laughs> 2020 was a doozy. <laughs> um, it, it 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 challenged us in so many different ways, and I feel that we as a people in a whole. We met the challenge, you know. We found our, our ways to be innovative. We were resourceful. We we do what we do in rise to the occasion. Like you said, we started businesses when we had to lose our jobs. We, you know, um, it, we 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 found our way through our mental health issues. We, you know, we developed past it. We've grown, and like you said, I think we'll be better for it in 2021. Do I think 2021 is the savior? year that's going to rescue us from 2020 no i think we're going to just move right into 2021 where 2020 left off for the most part it's just a, tomorrow's just a new day you know it, it's the beginning of a new year but it, it's still just a new day like yes like today was a new day from yesterday and i think we just take everything that we've learned from what we've gone through and we make the best of it and make the best of ourselves you know what i'm saying um and just be the best us we can be you know, um, I, but I want to leave with this. <laughs> I saw the best commercial on, I don't, I think it's Hulu playing this commercial. Have you seen the, the uh, match.com mm -hmm. where, where Satan is sitting there on match.com and he's going <laughs> and he gets a match, he gets a ping. And so he goes out on a date and he meets up with the woman. He's like, what's your name? She was like, just call me 2020. And she's like, they talking. And he's like, where are you from? She was like, he was like, hell. She was like, so am I. <laughs> so him in 2020 is having this wonderful date. That's brilliant. <laughs> that is brilliant. It was like the dopest video ever. Like, um, it, oh, they were, they were, you know how you, they show people like they in love and all the stuff they're doing. They were stealing all the toilet paper. <laughs> it was just funny. But uh, so yeah, 2020 it was a year from hell. <laughs> but um, I seen another thing on Facebook that said 2021. Like, says so anybody else bothered by the fact that next year is telling us that 2021? <laughs> 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 so, um, but yeah, I, I feel like we all went in in 2020 and 2021 because we made it to this point. And rest in peace for those that didn't make it due to that because thousands of people lost their lives due to, due to the pandemic, seriously. Um, but we are here. And so we won. So, all right. Well, all right. I'll see you next, uh, next year for next year's wrap up, I guess. Next year. All right. <laughs>